Hey everyone, it's Josh. I'm Andrew. I'm Garrett. Uh, welcome to season two of So Many Sequels. Before we jump into this episode, which is Raiders of the Lost Ark, we wanted to take a second to thank everyone for nominating us for Best Podcast at the Best of Tulsa Awards. Yeah, thank you. How's everyone feel about that? That's crazy. That's amazing. I'm glad that all the robots that I paid to do this uh, paid off. Uh, <laughs> you know, my investment paid off well, so thanks to the bots and uh, the Russian bots especially. That's who I paid most of my money to. Um... Please vote for us now through the end of the month. Uh, February 28th is the last day. You can do that at thetulsavoice.com slash B-O-T. You'll be hearing more from us about it all this month. So this is just the beginning. Thanks for thanks for nominating us. Vote for us. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, you're listening to So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. I'm Garrett. And we are back for the first full show of the year, 2019, season two. We were renewed. So Many Sequels. We were renewed for a second season. The ratings were through the roof. <laughs> Not going to do it. It's <laughs> almost, almost took it to a, a political step, and I don't want to do that. <laughs> sometimes no comments. Sometimes impressions get me in trouble. The season finale was such a cliffhanger. It was. It was. Who knew where we were going to uh, pick up? Where we left off. Nobody even knows what we're doing yet. Nope. No, no, no. We've not announced it. I don't think so. Unless it's like on our social media. It probably will be. Yeah. We'll probably tease it. Yeah. Give people a reason to come. What do you guys think it's going to be? You have five seconds, guess. Assuming you haven't looked at our Facebook page. Yeah, if you don't know. probably didn't. Yeah. (laughs) One, two, three, four, five. Did you get it right? You'll find out. You'll find out. Before we get into that, though, uh, it's been a, it's been about a month. Yep. Uh, we took... Has it... When? No, it's been longer since we've done a real episode. Our last uh, episode of the last season was the Chris or Santa Claus. Yep. Yep. We did a Golden Globe special in January, but that's it. We've not done much. Uh, so let's... Uh, I don't know. Let's talk about what we've been up to. I know we've been watching movies, still, just not, uh, not, not talking about them. Yeah. What what are some of the movies y'all saw over the over the break oh, that you loved? Man, I don't know. There's there's been a lot recently. Mm-hmm. I think since the award season officially kicked off, uh, movie watching has kind of kicked into high gear. I recently saw If Beale Street Could Talk. Yeah, and uh, ooh, talk about a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. And uh, I recently saw again. Says you, but not the Academy. Just mm-hmm. throwing that out there. That's true. Regina uh, King, though. Regina King. And best script, best original screenplay, I bet. Mm-hmm. Or best adapted. I think it's best adapted. Yeah, because I think it's based on a novel. Yeah. By Push? No. no. <laughs> By Sapphire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but. yeah, I saw that, too, and, and really liked it. I, I'm surprised to see that it wasn't uh, up there for best picture at the Oscars this year, but there's a lot of weird stuff at the Oscars this year. Um, you can look forward to that episode. February, whatever the heck, the Oscars fall on. <laughs> Be prepared for a lot of yelling from these two. Probably. <laughs> because Probably. the likelihood of Bohemian winning or Green Book winning is very high. Uh, that has yet to be seen. I said the probability. I didn't say they won. But yeah. the thing is, is that we weren't counting on... If you listened to our last episode... None of us were really counting on Bohemian Rhapsody City winning that much, and look what happened. Not only most people were, it was weird. Yeah. Um, so there's no doubt that this year's Oscars are going to be weird. Uh, a 
a weird uh, collection of strange nominees hosted by no one. <laughs> Who knows what it's going to be <laughs> this like? This is going to be just an odd year. I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, I'm trying to think of that. I don't really think there's any other movies worth mentioning. I mean, the um, first movie I saw of the year was Escape Room. I was going to. You were going to say up. Escape yeah, Room? It's All good, right. man. Like it doesn't look it's like fun based on the previews and trailers that came out it looks like it would just be like a stupid little horror movie and it kind of was but it was so much better than i thought it was well written it was smart it was suspenseful and it gave me um saw vibes saw 2 is really the one that i compared it to the most as far as the structure and the teamwork aspect i don't know it was a lot better than i thought so if you had reservations on it you should give it a shot yeah i think yeah i think you should give it a shot uh, before we get into the the meat of the episode, I guess the last little bit of a announcement I want to make is I want to tell everyone that we do have a website now. Oh my god. Yeah. You can go to so many sequels.com and find all our stuff there. We're going to collect our our past episodes there, our movie reviews, we're going to write some reviews. You know, we've been playing around with with that kind of thing through the Letterboxd app, which is a great app. If you're a movie fan, you should have it anyway. It's the best social media for movie fans. No kidding, it really is. So we're going to try to try to expand on our, our writing skills a little bit and write some reviews on there. Movies that you may not hear about on the show. Uh, we're going to try some videos. We're going to get into all kinds of stuff. But you can find all that at sequels.com. we got to expand for season two. We've got to make it bigger. In the words of Cricket, we got to make it sexy. Okay. <laughs> all right. Jiminy Cricket from Pinocchio? No, Cricket from uh, the phone company. Sunny. Rickety Cricket? Rickety Cricket. Did you say the phone company? <laughs> what? Cricket, the phone company. Big Cricket, the phone oh. company. <laughs> Are they even around anymore? I, I think so. Probably. Oh. I think so. Good for them. All right. So this week, the big, the big reveal that you probably already read on social media is we're going to talk about Raiders of the Lost Ark today. All right. We're diving right into the Indiana Jones franchise, a decades-long franchise that began in 1980 with 81. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fact check you. I think it's 81. Um, June 12th, 1981. This jerk. <laughs> he was alive. He remembers. That's true. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot. Um, I, I just want to point out that we started season one with a Lucasfilm, uh-huh. and we're starting season two with a Lucasfilm. Uh-huh. Some of the most well-known and successful franchises are yeah, Lucasfilm. Yeah. We wanted to start big, and we wanted to start with a classic. And that's probably it for Lucasfilms. Outside of those two franchises, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all they ever had, pretty much. So Raiders of the Lost Ark kicks off Indiana <clears throat> Jones. Uh, Long adventures. He Indian. We're introduced to Indiana, who is a uh, American archaeologist searching for treasure. Basically, he is enlisted by the Americans to find the Ark of the Covenant before the Nazis can do so. This is said, I believe, in the late 1930s. Yes, before yeah, the war, before the war breaks out. Yeah, the Nazis want to get a hold of the Ark, Ark of the Covenant to uh, make their army invincible. With the powers that it have, because they also have what is it called the the the, Ten the other thing? No, the the Ten Commandments. Well, the Ten Commandments are what are in the Ark of the Covenant, right? But they have there's two there's two pieces they need: the Ark of the Covenant and staff the Egy- of, the Staff of Ra. Ra. Yeah, yeah, uh, the Sun God, I believe, yeah. of Egypt. So they've already got that, and they have to stop them from getting the Ark of the Covenant. And Indiana Jones takes on the mission, and. Um, Action ensues, and uh, Nazi fighting. Mm-hmm. 
So let's talk about um, how... Mm, where do you even start with Indiana Jones? I was going to go with Harrison Ford. Um, this came out just a few years after Star Wars did. And Harrison Ford managed to fall into these two iconic characters at nearly the same time. Not knowing at the time that they would become iconic. He wasn't supposed to be Indiana Jones. There you go. He, was, he hey. wasn't supposed to be Han Solo either. No. I believe we talked about a plethora of other options they went through before they settled on Harrison. So, kind of crazy. Yeah. I think they went through uh, Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck was actually originally oh slated God. to be it. But Tom Selleck was too committed to Magnum P.I. He chose poorly. Mm-hmm. Among the actors who auditioned were Tim Matheson, Peter Coyote, John Shea. I don't know who that is. Nope. And Tom Selleck. That's because they didn't get the role. Well, how about I don't that? Know any of them. How y'all feel about Harrison? How do you think how, first of all, Indiana is a similar I wouldn't say alike, like uh not exactly, but similar to, to Han Solo. In that they're both adventurers. Mm-hmm. But um obviously Han Solo is a criminal. And Indiana Jones is not. But he has no issues bending the rules when need when need be. Mm-hmm. So how do you think he he did in that role? I think he did great. Mm-hmm. I think he did great because it's he 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 looks the part. Let's just let's just start with that. Like you know he he really fills the role very well as an archaeologist. And first of all, no, he doesn't. He fills the role of an adventurer. Yeah, I would okay. say you ever seen an archaeologist that looks like Harrison Ford? No offense to any of my archaeology friends. But I ain't never seen nobody that looked like Harrison Ford being an archaeologist. No, archaeologists look like uh, Ross from Friends, <laughs> who was a paleontology teacher, basically an archaeologist. Okay. You're right. seriously though, archaeologists don't really do that. No, and and I I wrote down. I wonder okay. how many people saw this movie and got into archaeology and were just sorely disappointed because they thought they were going to be going on these adventures and excitement, like they get to go do a lot of cool things says the man who's never been an archaeologist, but they don't action-adventure stuff like this. That's all fabricated in movies. But they do get to go look at stuff that's pretty cool. <laughs> okay. But, anyway, continue your point. I'm, I'm pretty done. <laughs> we sucked the wind out of his face. Well, as soon as we get an okay out of Andrew, we know we've just he's dead. Yeah. He's just, when the best he can summon from his depths is okay. <laughs> Then I know that we're in for a fantastic episode. <laughs> We've damaged his soul. Okay. <laughs> I made him. Almost made him spit out his water. I liked the opening because you didn't get to see Harrison for a real long time. It was the first yeah. several minutes and they just showed his back. There was no talking really except for the two um, helpers. Mm-hmm. And you didn't see him until one of the helpers tried to betray him. And then there was this big reveal of Harrison Ford, who I'm sure everybody already knew. But how cool would it have been if they never would have said who Indiana Jones was in the buildup? And the first time that you ever saw it, bam. It's a nice reveal. I mean, it's entirely possible. I mean, I don't know. Andrew was alive at the time, so maybe he can tell us. But movie uh, entertainment news didn't work like it did now. Right. It is possible that maybe they did people some audience members did not know it was Harrison Ford until they went to the theater That's true. and saw him on the poster or something because yeah. it's not like you know they didn't go to YouTube and look up the trailer real quick or 
or read HollywoodReporter.com. Like, none of that happened. So right, right, right. I don't know. Maybe they, maybe some people didn't know. <clears throat> yeah. I can't remember if his name popped up on the screen in the opening credits or not before he was seen, but... Yeah. I can't remember either. Who knows? But. It's also kind of crazy to think about... I mean, we talk about Star Wars and Han Solo. That came out in 1977. This came out in 1981. There is a period of time where I, I, I think... If too much time had passed, people wouldn't have been able to even see him as Indiana Jones because they go, ah, I just see Han Solo. Mm-hmm. But not enough time had passed to cement him in that role, I don't yeah. think, to to really sell that. Well, he'd been in, by the time Indiana Jones got released, he'd already been in two, two Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. So he had some reputation. He wasn't, it's, I think this movie in particular made him a superstar because Han Solo was just, you know, Han Solo was Han Solo, but then you know, Empire Strikes Back. You know, Han Solo gets a little bit of a bigger role. Here, he's the lead, right? And I think this is what launched him into superstardom. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. So the movie, yeah, it opens. It has a great opening um, where we're really dropped right into the drama and the thrills of this search for this um, lost piece of treasure that Indiana Jones is looking for. Before he gets uh, foiled by a competing archaeologist. Because, yeah, at the time, they all were all just swashbuckling adventurers. Mm-hmm. Swinging through the forest. Yep. Stealing um, golden icons from uh, the depths of temples. Yeah. I want to... So, watching this movie... It's been a long time since I'd seen this movie. So, I, it was kind of like a revisit. <clears throat> refresher. Um, one of the, the guys randomly just decided to betray... Uh, Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones uh, pulled a gun on him. Uh, he got whipped and ran away. And then it was never addressed again. Aiden they just went on with their lives. And I had several thoughts of this. One, weird. Two, what an idiot. Like, why would you betray him before and he goes and does the hard stuff? Like, that's stupid. Let him do all the work. Like, Alfred Molina's character had it right. Like, they had gotten the treasure, and they were running away, and then he was like, send me the thing, and I'll help you. And then he sent him the thing, and he was like, peace, I'm done. All the work had been done, and you then you betray him, not beforehand. Yeah. What the hell, idiot? Yeah, not a smart guy. Not no. a smart guy. No! Really ended up lucky that, that uh, Indy just doesn't care. Yeah. Um, we see several instances throughout the movie where he's met with like uh, a ex- uh, grave danger, and he just kind of like, oh, whatever. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah, his his laissez-faire attitude in the face of danger whenever um, they're in the Middle East, wherever they're at. I don't remember where they're at. And he's running, and then this guy comes out and starts sword showing off, and then he just pulls <laughs> out a gun and shoots him. Mm-hmm. Great. Just You hilarious. know that was improvised, right? No. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I believe Brilliant. the story, and I could be wrong because I'm going from memory and not reading it. I believe the story is Harrison was sick that day. And they were supposed to fight. Yeah, they were. And he didn't. He did, wasn't feeling it, so he just pulled out his gun and shot. And they loved it so much they they redid it properly with the gunshot and everything. It's amazing. Yep, yep. <laughs> that is brilliant. Yep, great. It's a, it's hard to even imagine that scene not existing. Yeah, because it it does sum up Indiana Jones in in a few seconds. Right. Yeah, I like that. Um, I like how quickly we got to the humor of the movie with uh. <laughs> Indy running through the field 
going, start the plane! Start the plane! <laughs> but he's being chased by this army of people, and the guy's just, like, fishing yeah. on the on the, the boat plane. And he was real upset. He had a big he fish on one. that line, and he, did. he had to let it he go. He stopped. He stopped. And then we get the whole... I hate snakes because the guy's pet snake is in the backseat of the plane. Because, of course, you would fly with your pet snake. Yeah. I don't know. I love it. I love it. It's a great movie. We also open up with one of the iconic scenes about uh, with the boulder. Yes, yes. Uh, Can't of, forget that. One of the most recognizable scenes. And uh, it just, it, yeah. Especially in this franchise. Like, I can't think right off the top of my head of a, of a more iconic scene in this entire franchise. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. No, but, but no. The know. Boulder scene. I mean, that's the scene. I know that they that they recreate in like the uh, the Indiana Jones stunt show at, at Disney World and whatnot. Like, yeah, that, that's that's the big one. And it's been you know parodied and and uh, whatnot in other other movies and stuff. So that yeah, I'd say that is the iconic scene of of this movie. That and the and the swapping the idol yeah. for the bag. Yeah, those are the two mm-hmm. the two scenes. I did some research on the boulder scene, and it's it's uh, not a real boulder, but it's as big as one. It weighs, they said it weighed about 300 pounds, and uh, they let Harrison Ford do the stunt himself, so he was outrunning this boulder. They shot it from five different angles twice, so he had to do it ten times, and afterwards, St- uh, Steven Spielberg said that uh, Harrison Ford beat the odds ten times, he was lucky, and I was an idiot for letting him try. Because <laughs> he could have got hurt. He could have gotten hurt. Yeah, but now knowing now, seeing Harrison Ford's career over the years, that man has never ever been afraid of danger. No, and has constantly hurt himself on sets, and just gets up and keeps going. Yeah. I mean, so it's it yeah it makes total sense. I mean, in the Force Awakens, didn't he break his leg? He did. A, I believe a door, door shut on him. his leg. Like a, kept going. a like a garage style type door, and he mm-hmm. just kept going. And JJ was like, "Oh, I think they ended up delaying production for yeah. a little bit of time for him to heal." But yeah, and he also what? He crashed a plane. <laughs> Seriously, that man, that man is like Superman. He he kind of is. He is the real life Indiana Jones and Han Solo, crashing planes and walking <clears throat> away from it. Like, yeah, that's him. That's him. What do y'all's uh? Y'all have a, like a childhood relationship with Indiana Jones? Uh. The first time I saw him, the first the first time I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark, I believe I was seventy two. <laughs> shit, and uh, I think I was about maybe twelve. Mm. I was about twelve, and i I got this I got this movie from my dad because I knew my dad liked it. I've only seen bits and pieces of it. Like I've only seen like the first fifteen minutes of the movie, and I never watched it. I've never watched it since in 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 whole, but. Um, I got this for my dad, and we sat down and watched it like the day after Christmas, and I was immediately hooked at just how good it was. And just, even today, whenever we watched it for this, it's just like, man, it's just, it's so fun. This movie is just so fun. It's right there with Back to the Future in possibly being the perfect movie. Yeah. So. It's pretty good. How about you? Uh, so, I I couldn't tell you the first time I saw it. I, I... I loved it and have had a affinity for Indiana Jones for a long time. When I was in, oh, ninth or 10th grade, I think, the first, um, air quote, movie I ever made was an Indiana Jones parody. <laughs> uh, you still f- got it? Uh, it's probably on a, on a high eight tape somewhere. Okay. <laughs> or a mini DV tape. 
Uh, but yeah, we made a we made an Indiana Jones spoof in ninth or tenth grade. I remember we <laughs> went into a uh, like a, I don't even know an outdoor like decoration store to <laughs> mimic the jungle because <laughs> it had like those plastic trees and plants and whatnot. So we filmed in there. Didn't say anything to anybody. Just some kids ran in there and filmed an Indiana Jones scene and left. That was a lot of fun. That was the first. That was the first thing I ever filmed, uh, wrote and filmed. Was an Indiana Jones spoof. Nice. So I love it. Nice. How about you? Nope. Okay. I got nothing. Okay. <laughs> I just I just watched it once and I was like, this is good. Couldn't tell you when. Okay. That's it. No. Well. Well. What are some of our favorite scenes from the movie? We talked about a couple already. The boulder and the and the uh, that run into the airplane. This movie's so like iconic and so many people have seen it that I feel like we should just have a love fest of the movie and not try to like go through plot point by plot point. No. People are pretty familiar, I think. Yeah. yeah. So let's just what do we love? My my favorite scene in that entire movie. Oh, there's there's a couple of them. Number one is when they're chasing through the desert. The mm-hmm. desert chase. Mm-hmm. That's like that's really exciting how all that's set up. Yeah. Number two is when they actually find the find the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, I think that's like, I, I when it when it came out and it was all covered in gold. I think that was just a great reveal of that treasure. And uh, number three, number three really has to be, I think, uh, when in the very beginning, like when they're talking with the uh, when they're talking with the the two army people and they're telling everything about it. The reason why I like that is because that sets that sets up everything for the movie. It's to the point. It doesn't bullshit, and there's nothing really like there's nothing really uh, what do you call it? Uh, nothing subtle about it. Mm-hmm. It's all just directly to the point, and also the well of the souls. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I have to say. That desert de- desert truck chase scene that whole section where they get pulled out of the the air the cove or whatever it is i'm not cove i don't know what i'm trying to say cave no it's not a cave that i guess it's a cave whatever they found the covenant in and the, well the sure yeah that's what it's called cut all that out <laughs> <laughs> no you keep it in there um when they got pulled out and indy jumps on a horse and takes off, and he's trying to get the arc back. There's no dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's just a sheer action chase sequence for several minutes. And I find that impressive that it's able to keep you entertained because I don't think that you can get away with something like that now. Mm-hmm. I think that you have to have some kind of dialogue or some kind of like something else to keep you going. And they didn't have that, and I really enjoyed it. And I'm reading some more stuff. That's that's Harrison Ford being dragged behind that truck. Yeah. Like, that's him. That was him. This dude is nuts. He's Tom Cruise before Tom Cruise was Tom He's Cruise. He's the original like, Tom Cruise. That's crazy. Why would you do it? We were watching it and and said, that is, he. I figured he would be like shredded chicken. Like Well, I be... said that his pants would have come off. Yeah, his pants would have come off. <laughs> no way would his pants stay on being dragged Pulling the pants would come right off. Yeah. The pantless Indiana Jones. That is nuts. Mm-hmm. But it was really entertaining, and I liked it a lot. 
yeah it was cool it was really cool uh this fight scene taking place on and around a moving vehicle Mm -hmm. super cool Mm -hmm. spielberg's spielberg spielberg he great he He great he can do i mean yeah he can do it i mean this this is peak spielberg yeah this is peak 80s early 90s spielberg is is the the sweet spot Mm -hmm. and just again granted he just came off of a movie that was considered probably the worst of his career with 1941 don't people like that now in hindsight, though? I, I mean, I, I like that's considered a classic these days. I've always, I've always enjoyed it. I've always liked it, but 1941 was not a popular movie whenever it came out. You yeah. only like it because it reminds you of your birth year. It's just... well, I mean, I can't say that I've seen it. I just know a little bit about it, and I'd say, on the surface, it seems like it would be difficult to turn World War II into a comedy. Yeah. I'll have to show it to you sometime. Well, do you? <laughs> some some things are best. Well, you literally just told me it's considered one of his worst movies of his career, and then you end with, yeah, I'll show it to you sometime. I, I, I personally like it. Mm. I love that movie. So, yeah. I, right. I just think some, I mean, yeah, but he was he was coming off of like, he was coming off of that quote-unquote failure of a movie. Right. And, you know, looking for his next, pro- next project, he found this. So, there you go. Yeah, I was just looking at his at his work at that time. I mean, he'd already done Close Encounters and Jaws. Mm-hmm. Mm, big deals. All right. Um, let's talk about Marion. Um, Indy's love interest at times slash partner in crime at times. Yeah. She has a strange... Uh, not strange. She has kind of a, a roller coaster of a role in this film, mm-hmm. where it's almost like uh, it's almost like they fight they fight against this natural pull to be a relationship, uh, but they just crash together anyway. Yeah, they're such strong, they both fight it. Yeah, they're both very strong personalities. Like you, you're introduced to Marion at a bar where she is having a drinking game with a, a, a big dude. And she drinks him under the table and mm-hmm. is just like back to normal and is like, this is my bar, whatever, whatever, whatever. Indy shows up. She punches him in the face and is like, you treated me like crap. You know that you treated me like crap. And Indy's like, I know, but like, whatever, I'm a guy. And that, it's just not. And then the, the, the continual like love thing that they have throughout the whole thing is just weird to me because it doesn't seem to go with Marion's character that she's built up. Because she seems like someone that doesn't take shit yeah. based on this movie. She's punching people in the face. She's feisty. She ain't backing down from anything. But, like, she's really holding on to Indiana, who is, like... I there's The fight scene where we, we talked about the improv of shooting, that whole thing, he's, like, throwing her around. He's like, get out of here! But I know he's trying to be protective, but, like, he's also really shoving her around and throwing her out of the way. And then he tries to you know, help her get freed after thinking that she was dead and found out that she was kidnapped is like setting her free and is like, wait, in order for me to get the Ark, you have to stay here. And ties her back up and puts her back on there. It's like, come on, man. Like, yeah. What? You know, you're going to fight these people anyway. There's too many of them. Mm-hmm. You need some extra pair of hands. But like the whole time they, they still have this weird love interest thing. And it's just, it's just weird. Yeah, I mean, I hate to draw yet another parallel, but it uh, it did remind me of of Han and Leia. Yeah, 
Uh, also, two strong independent characters who have this uh, like universal pull to each other that they want to fight. Uh, I think uh, the Han and Leia relationship is a little better done. Yeah. Um, Han doesn't throw her around or anything. Right. She's not quite as um, looked at with, ins- like, oh, how dare you be a, a strong woman? Right. But it's similar aspects. And uh, one scene in particular that made me roll my eyes, but also, but like in a good way of like, ah, this is cheesy, was the scene where he she's tiding to him after he's been hurt. And she's like, well, where doesn't it hurt? And he points at his elbow and she kisses it. And he points at his head and she kisses it. And his cheek, or his nose, and then his lips, and they have this big kiss. And it reminded me of um, Han and Leia's I love you, I know kind of cheesiness. <laughs> but that's that's what's great about about it. I love it. I well, know. and they had that big build towards the kiss, and they do it, and then he falls right. right to yeah, start. and then you meet like a man. <laughs> I also, and, and again, I know this takes place in the 1930s, so like there's, you have to have these stereotypes that weren't taking place at that point in time. So I get that. But the other scene that I was like, come on, man, is whenever they had set her up as being able to drink. And so she's with the other archaeologist, the bad guy, and he pours them both a drink and he's kind of sipping on it and she just takes that shot back and then you can see him visibly feel like his entire masculinity has been set on fire and he just starts throwing it back. Come on, man. I almost wonder, though, if that's the react. Yeah, if that's the reaction we're supposed to have of, like, uh, just laugh at how 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 like that insecure be. these guys are that could very much it could be. be it could have been done on purpose yeah I, at least that's what i'm gonna hope because i sure. can't i can't ask steven no we could well maybe we could ask george you guys he's remember? not doing much he's not doing much you got an email there's the internet <laughs> there's always a way there's always a way we could pull a john goodman and just try to call the operator isn't that what he said uncle barry he's trying to get the al pacino operator Get connect me, me to steven spielberg, spielberg. <laughs> Um, you said your you, favorite yeah, character. You have was a strange. Sala. I love Sala. Strange favorite character. Talked about this. He's just a, he's such a lovable guy. He is lovable. I'll give you that. Yeah, he's lovable. He's just an adorable human being who all he wants to do is help out Indy, and he doesn't turn on him. He doesn't have an ulterior motive. And God bless Sala. I mean, you can't just you you can't be mad at him for it for the fact that like you know things just go to shit. And whenever he wants to help, he really does want to help. Yeah, I'm a. I I can I can see your notes where I'm at. And not only do you love Sala, you wrote down that you want a spinoff movie with him. Hell yes. Well, how? <laughs> he, what? <laughs> how would that work? Yeah. Why not? Pitch it. Yeah, pitch the movie. Where George and Steve? Pitch All right. it. So obviously, so obviously, Indiana Jones and Sala have some sort of a relationship because they know each other. Okay. So. So basically, you want the solo of Indiana Jones. Why not? But that's not Sala. Why not? That's Indiana Jones and Sala. Why not? It's like... Wait, so you want a prequel, basically? It's like saying that you want a uh, Lando movie, but it's solo. I'll take it. Oh, I'm not, because I would like a Lando movie. I would like a Lando movie. (laughs) But like you said you want a Sala spinoff, but what you're pitching is how Indiana Jones became Indiana Jones. Mm -hmm. That's no, not so Sala. You don't, so but, okay. I want to hear your Sala pitch. So Sala, obviously he's in Egypt. So something had to happen to him to be beca- to become the biggest. Uh, what is it? Archaeological digger in the entire country of Egypt. Okay. So why not just put him on an adventure? You want the Sala origin story? Yes. Okay. Yes. So basically, you wanna you wanna kind of turn 
him into Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. make him the adventurer, mm-hmm. and then maybe at the end you get like an indie cameo. Because he, yeah, because okay. he also has, because he also has, like, he knows people who know ancient things because he knew the guy who was able to decipher that the headpiece, the staff of Ra. Mm-hmm. So, how, you know, how else do you know that? All right, all right. Well, thank you for coming in with your pitch. Uh, our people will call your people. Yeah. Door it's closes. a big no. It's not yeah. It's a no from me. No. Dog. Like it's there's aspects there, but I think we just roll with the Indiana Jones. Yeah, let's before. just make yeah, let's just make young Indy. <laughs> yeah. Shia LaBeouf, let's see what he's doing. Get him up on the phone. For real though, they did make a young Indiana Jones TV show. Yeah. And I believe it was I I think people really like it. Yeah. I can't say I've seen it. It's been on my my you know, never-ending list of things I need to watch eventually. But I have heard that that's a very good show. Yeah, I hear, uh, I hear it's a very good show, too. I've only watched, like, two episodes of it. But uh, I want to know where you can find it. You could probably find yeah, it on, like, Yeah, it must be streaming somewhere, I hope, anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I want? What? You were talking about crossovers and things, and you said one of your favorite scenes was whenever they they first they found the Ark. Or was it opened it? Yeah, when they okay, opened when it. When they yeah. opened it. So when all them spirits came flooding out of that thing, immediately Ghostbusters. I want an Indiana Jones they Ghostbusters did have the same, crossover. Uh, it looked like the spirits flooding New York City, and I want Bill Murray to jump in there and be like, "Don't cross the streams. We'll get all these spirits rounded up." Anybody? Good Bill Murray impression, but like, I want that's immediately what I thought, and so I would watch that. Maybe this new Ghostbusters movie that Ivan Reitman's doing is gonna. Do it. Sure. How neat would it be if they like used that old special effect technology? I think they should. Yeah. It would be fun. No, it'd be it'd be really cool. Ivan Reitman? Jason Reitman. Jason Reitman directs this one. Yeah. Ivan Reitman directed the last two. Not not the one with all the women. That yeah. Yeah. Jason? Jason uh, Reitman did. Who's doing the new Ghostbusters in Jason? Jason. Jason. Jason Reitman. Reitman. Not Ivan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I got my people confused. <laughs> um, did y'all notice some of the uh, Star Wars references and Easter eggs in this movie? Yes. Negative. Blow my mind. The first one was in, and I pulled up a list to make sure I got them right. When the guy starts the plane on the water in the beginning, it makes a Millennium Falcon sound. Oh. And it, 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 it instantly triggered like a Star Wars in my head. Yeah. What did, what about you? Did you notice another one before I read the ones that are left? Yeah, I think it's I don't know if it's on that plane itself or on another plane, but mm-hmm. somewhere it reads like C three P R two D two or something like that. It reads something very similar to that. Yes, you're close. The the letters on the plane are O B C P O, which is a reference to Obi Wan and C three P O. Okay. And then the other Star Wars reference is um uh when they're when they're um taking when he's taking the Ark of the Covenant out of the Well of Souls. Uh, the hieroglyphs on the wall look like 3PO and R2-D2. Oh. A couple of them in there. Did not notice any of that. That's I, cool. I didn't notice those in this watch through. Um, the only one I noticed was the sound effect. But that's cool that they're there. And I'm not going to look ahead, but uh, there there are um, references in the other movie. Oh, all right. Well, Actually, I don't think there is in uh, The Last Crusade. I only see a listing for the, the other two. For two and four. But... We'll have to keep an eye out oh. in the future. Okay, that's interesting. I like yeah. that. Yeah, it's cool. It's very cool. I wonder if maybe there's like 
maybe there's some like some sort of connection there between Star Wars and like there's an indie reference maybe in some of the Star Wars. Sure, that'd be cool. Or, or I'm talking like if Star Wars and Indiana Jones are within the same universe. Oh, because it did happen. Like Star Wars claims that it happened a long, long time ago in the galaxy far, far away. Mm-hmm. That's possible. Yeah, it'd be strange, but it's possible. Just a slight connection. Mm-hmm. The only thing I can say is is that. That John Williams score. Oh, I do want to talk about that. Yeah. I know we've mentioned this in other stuff, but I'm really upset that we don't have like iconic themes anymore. Mm. Like we live in an age of superhero movies and the fact that not every single superhero has their own recognizable theme is is a missed opportunity on people scoring movies. And that's a shame because the last major theme that I can think of that stands out and is iconic is Harry Potter, I can, and that's John Williams. I know. I, I will. I will say another theme I can think of is the Avengers. The Avengers I would say close, yes. Yeah, for the, me, the but Aven- like I can't name I, it. I have to think about that one to get yeah. Harry Potter. I can just boom, boom, yeah. on, on cue without question. And you're and you're not wrong. Like there's not a lot of there's not a lot of catchy themes anymore for heroes. And while we're talking while we're talking about that. I want to say that there, if nothing else, there's just no more, like, good adventure movies. I'm glad you went there because this was the last bit that I wanted to talk about, but it's it, it's kind of a, it's, kind, it's going to be a free-for-all conversation and not movie-specific, so I wanted it to be after the fact. But since we're done with the, the meat of the movie, I was going to ask y'all, one, do you think it's possible? And two, why do you think it's not? <laughs> Why don't these movies exist anymore? In what way? Because I would argue that Mission Impossible does. Well, Mission Impossible... Mission Im- I can look at Mission Impossible Fallout and see similar things yes. to Indiana Jones. Yes, but what I what I was getting at there... I mean, they're still ma- they're making Indiana Jones 5 right now. Yeah. These movies are still being made. What I mean is, why do we rely so heavily on nostalgia now and not create new... Um, Future icons, mm-hmm. iconic new characters. doesn't work anymore. That's do, why, but so, do that's we why try. there are so many sequels. Because that is kind of the gist of this podcast. Uh, this was a good one to, to do it with. Because even Mission Impossible is is almost 30 years old. Yeah. And a, a adaptation on itself. Yeah. Well, I think that they could have done something with National Treasure. I think National Treasure is like one that jumps out at me that's original. Yes. And could have been some kind of like franchise base. Um, I, I never saw the second one, so I don't really know. They made three, right? They made two. Yeah. I think they were going to make a third. Yeah. Why didn't they? Who knows? And that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's just, I feel like they weren't, maybe the second one wasn't good. I feel like it's hard for people to come up with these ideas and I feel like it's hard for people to be interested in in something new. Um, yeah, I, I, you're right because like with Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, it's, it's the Ark of the Covenant is something that's biblical. And the, and yeah. you know people you know people are interested in it. So when somebody came up with the idea, when George Lucas and when George Lucas and Steven Spielberg came up with the idea that like, oh yeah, we're gonna have this guy go on a go on a great adventure and try to find the Ark of the Covenant. It you know it's a brilliant concept. You don't really have a lot of that today. You don't really have a lot of adventure films because I don't. I think people get the same idea. I I don't know why, but like. Uh, when you guys were talking about Mission Impossible just a second ago, Mission Impossible 
as much as I want to say it's probably an adventure, it's more of a mixture of genres because because yeah, it's not an. I wouldn't call it an adventure. It's not it's an. Adven- a, it's a. It's a spy movie. It's a, yeah. It's a. Yeah. It, it's a spy movie slash action movie slash, com. I mean comedy, but here t- technically speaking, Raiders of the Lost Ark is kind of an. Is kind of a, a mixture of a mixture of genres as well. We get a little bit of romance. We get. <sighs> Action. You try to sell this adventure. movie as a romance movie, I'm going to punch you. Yeah. No, no, no. It's just a little bit of romance. I'm not going to say it's a romantic movie at all. Okay. But uh, there's just... And it also takes place during World War II. So that sells a lot. It does. I'm just trying to think of when the last time a character was created uh-huh. that re- like broke broke through... The pop culture mumbo jumbo. Well, and do you mean like, like an original character? Because yes, I not would... based on. Okay, so not just... not not Ethan. Well, Ethan Hunt. I don't know that that character was based on anything. The, the TV was. show. Not like not Harry Potter. That's based on a book series. Not anyone in the Lord of the Rings. Like an original film character. Yeah. That broke through the ice and became a popular figure. I honestly can't tell you. They don't do it as much anymore. No. And I don't even think, like, yeah, I think there is a, there is part, um, there is something to be said about audiences not being as open to it anymore. But in the same token, I don't think there's an effort to even try because I can't even think of instances where they tried and failed recently. Well, I think that there's just a lack. We just reboot. Yeah. I think there's a a lack and a, a fear of creators to try something new. Because I think that studios are, they want something that they know is going to make money. And so if this is something that is based on something that is familiar with people, the likelihood of people going to do that is higher than if you just have something completely new that is not recognizable. Because the likelihood of that tanking is also high. And that, my friends, is how art dies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I very strongly about no, that. You could argue, you could argue that Fast and Furious is trying that. Yeah, you could. I mean, that's that's all original stuff. The the first what four are are kind of in one segment, and then it shifts into something different and more heisty and actiony. Right? Mm-hmm. I've not seen them, so. I don't know, but I feel like that's the closest thing that we can get to recognizable original action characters. Mm-hmm. Now you're not wrong in all that aspect because there's no like just thinking back in the last 25 years. I mean, I don't know, maybe Y'all are going to hate me for this. <laughs> the only thing I can think of that was created and has done, that was created, an original character that was created and has done successful, maybe Austin Powers? Go away. I hate you. Or <laughs> Go away. Hey, come on. He's an original character. He was created by Mike Myers. He's a James Bond ripoff. But he was like, an original not, character. Ah, he was an original character. With anything you're saying. I can, I I feel like that can't possibly be the most recent one. That's the only that's one. That's late I can in think of. that's late nineties. Well, like well, you could still like 
Um, I about, mean, National Treasure did better than that. What about Kingsman? Is that based on anything? Yeah. Based on a comic? Yeah. Dang it. Yeah. That's they the, all that's the they all trace back to something else that someone else created. Yeah. And it's great. I do mm-hmm. I do think it's great to see um other genre or not genres, other mediums uh, adapted to film. That's mm-hmm. cool. I just also think maybe people should invest in original characters in film. I can think of another one. Go ahead. Buddy the Elf. <laughs> You're he's, right. That's an iconic character. He's an iconic character. I don't think Elf is based on anything. No. That is that yeah, sure. And, and they did that with one movie. Yep. They've not made a sequel yet. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they don't. <laughs> and and sadly, we're still talking upwards of 20 years ago. Yep. Almost. Almost. There you go. I don't know. I don't really have anywhere else for this topic to go, uh, other than for me to uh, just be sad that I don't get a chance to see more original characters in film. Yeah. That set the stage for a uh, franchise is what I'm getting at. Like, there's tons of original characters in film, just none that blow up. Yeah. Like nothing that like yeah yeah I get you. Well, that's in this episode on a downer. Do you <laughs> want to talk about the score? Like no, a more? yeah, we got more to talk about no, the, box the, office and whatnot. No, like uh, the, you can't I. When it comes to when it comes to iconic themes, which you were talking about earlier, I really can't. Besides, like several differences, I really just I can't. There's only like a few themes I can probably name on one hand how many themes there are that are iconic, uh, especially to any movie that you can think of, and this is one of them. And, and weirdly, the ones that, sorry to interrupt, but the ones that jump out at me involve John Williams. Yeah. And or Steven Spielberg. Sure. Yeah, I agree. They, they work together. I mean, I mean, Jurassic Park, Harry Potter, Indiana Jones. Jaws. Jaws. Home Alone. Home Alone, for God's sake. Jeez, uh, what else? I really can't. I, John Williams is John Williams is the man. Yeah, no, I'm very, very likely the greatest compo- film composer ever. Ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very likely. But, no, uh... Because if, if it were me and I were Marvel and I was like, Marvel tries to do everything so recognizable and iconic. They've got their stuff together more than DC. So I'm, I'm going to leave DC on the side. But if I were DC, I'd do this too. I'm just leaving them out because they don't know what they're doing. Um, but Marvel does. And the fact that they haven't gone to their composers and said, make a theme for each and every single one of these that we can use yeah. is a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Not just like a theme. Like some of them already have things. Like Spider Man has one, but like even that one, I don't know. I can't put. I can't put it in my memory bank and recall it mm-hmm. on cue. And so these are things that they can be doing just to simply market themselves better. Yeah. And it's just a big missed opportunity, especially with as many characters as they have. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. s- what? I'm sure there. I feel like there's got to be some reason no one's doing it. Probably some ill-advised research or some nonsense. Because I'm thinking of superheroes now. And the ones that I can think of with with iconic scores are, or themes are Superman, which was John Williams. Yeah. Batman 1989, which was Danny Elfman. Mm-hmm. And Spider-Man 2002, which was Danny Elfman. Mm-hmm. Those are the only three I can think of yeah. that have songs that come to mind. The only thing I can think of is if, like, with the iconic ones... 
they're used sporadically throughout the movie. And, like, <laughs> the scene where Indiana Jones and his um, partner at the museum had just been told about uh, the the other archaeologists who went missing and the Ark of the Covenant and all this stuff, they were going back to Indiana Jones's house to pack, and in the background, very subtle and changed up, was the dun-dun-dun-dun. It was just a slower version hidden within that movie, almost like a subliminal kind of a message, but I noticed it, and they don't really do that in current movies yeah, where they have no. a theme that centers around it and that they can just kind of put in there and and tweak it. I mean, um, Halloween is the only other one that I can <laughs> think of that does that throughout the movie still, and that yeah. is the more the, one of the more iconic themes as well. I can think of one more. And that's Austin, Austin Powers. Powers. No, it is not him. Uh, the Lord of the Rings. You hear that a lot throughout that series. I couldn't tell you what the Lord of the Rings theme is. Yeah, but you don't watch them either. True. <laughs> so, but I did. Once. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, the Lord of the Rings has that has that motif in it. But no, it's I, I find it interesting. But that's that also it, old. What? Like, that's also, in, in the time frame of which we're talking, that is also old. And that is the problem. Yeah. But no, um, what I want to say about the famous the famous score here is that the theme is actually is actually two motifs combined into one. Because John Williams, what he does is, is that he creates multiple motifs throughout movies. And he wanted to create something that was special for Raiders of the Lost Ark. And there's... If you ever listen to the Raiders March, there's, uh, I mean, it's like a five minute, it's a five minute tune, and he really he originally had that one tune actually split up into two different themes, and he just combined the two, which makes it even more, uh, makes it even more energetic. There you go. So there you go. And but I will I will say this, uh, throughout each movie. And we'll learn this as we go along. There's different motifs throughout each movie. So, because I know specifically that uh, Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade has a different motif. Has a different musical motif. It's there. So. I feel like getting Andrew started on soundtracks was like us opening the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it was all very well thought out, but I just didn't expect it. For you to get into the motifs and everything. That's pretty cool. So, Raiders of the Lost Ark was was nominated for eight Academy Awards, including Best Picture. Did not win. Nope. Sadly. Lost to Chariots of Fire. Gross. A movie I've never heard of. I shouldn't say that. It's actually okay. Well, a lot of the bum, times... Bum, 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 bum. Bum, 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 bum. I don't know what's happening. It's, a, it's another recognizable <laughs> it's, theme. It's, it really is, the re- like... It's about the Olympics. Bum, 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 the, bum, this bum, movie? Bum. Yeah. Well, whatever. I've never heard of it. Um, it's not bad. But, yeah. Do you Go think ahead. it's the best picture of 1981? I don't know about that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, also nominated was Steven Spielberg for Best Director, did not win. And John Williams for Original Score, did not win. Crap. However, uh, it did win Academy Awards for Editing, and uh, Art Direction, Visual Effects, and Sound. So that's pretty cool. Uh-huh. Well deserved. Raiders went on to make two hundred and twelve million dollars at the American box office for a total of three hundred and eighty nine million dollars worldwide. Um that's gonna be big accounting for inflation. 
but I already forgot how to figure that out. <laughs> I, I had to practice. I really I practice. I think I really do hope that when this uh, when 2021 comes around, mm-hmm. I really do hope they re-release this. Oh, they will. I hope they do. For the new movie. Yeah. Like, yeah, they'll do a whole thing. Yeah. So, where's my yearly? There we go. This was the number one grossing movie of 1981. Followed by something called On Golden Pond. Oh, yeah. It's a decent movie. On Golden Pond. That's with uh, the, uh, you know. Henry Fonda. Yeah. Henry Fonda and Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. Who both won Oscars for that movie. Yeah, that's a good movie. Superman 2. Arthur. Great movie. The uh, Stripes, The Great. Cannonball Run, Chariots of Fire, For Your Eyes Only, The Four Seasons, and Time Bandits. Now then, let's talk about... Ratings? The ratings, the Rotten Tomato score. Um, I am going to I'm gonna guess 93. I'm going to go 97. Okay. Oh my god. Um, I'm going to shoot from the hip and do... I guess I'll do 90. I feel like it's not going to be as high as I think it's going to be. 95. 95. So it's in the middle between. Oh, we yeah, we perfectly split it. Yep. <laughs> two uh, two away. Audience score 96. Okay. 96. I agree with I agree with both of those. I do. I was going to say 95, but I didn't want to like split the difference. Like mm. I felt like that was cheating, so I I went a different route. Yeah. Uh, I ha- I don't need to think about it. And the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark is a five out of five for me. It is a six out of five. For wow, me. that is high. I, I absolutely love this. no issues with it. Whatsoever. I love this movie so much. Yep. Yeah, I say five. Okay. Perfect. Well, that wraps up our first uh, episode of the year of the season, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. We'll be back next week with Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Uh, I'm excited for that one. I guess. It's yeah. not as... I don't it's, like it It's as not... Much. It's still good. Still great. Yeah. Um, you can find us online at somanysequels.com, facebook.com slash somanysequels, Instagram, just search so many sequels there. And, of course, you can subscribe to us, as always, through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, wherever podcasts are streamed, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let us know if, if we're not, and I'll do my best to get us there. All right. Until then... Sequels. Why do there have to be sequels?